I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? Let it out. I want you to hit me. Trust me. Come on. Come on. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Hit me, baby, one more time. And now, our feature presentation. Well, hello everybody and welcome back to Hit Me One More Time, the Nostalgia Reflection podcast that takes a look at the things that we loved when we were younger and asks the ever-important question, is this good? Now, uh, I don't like to philosophize on my own, so I have brought one Nick Shermooksness on here with me to do so. Nick, hello. Hello, David. How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm hanging in there. That's good. Now, Nick, I know that uh, you have so many thoughts and things you want to share, but you got to keep your mouth shut for a minute because we got to bring on our guest. And that guest is a, a wonderful other uh, America's Next Top Podcaster contestant who I did not get a chance to work with during the run of the show. So I was like, hey, I need to make sure that I get her on this podcast. And that is the one and only Melissa Kruger. Melissa, thanks for being here. Hello. Thanks for having me. Now, Melissa, for anybody who might not know you or might not be aware of your work, just give a get quick rundown of, of where my people know you from. Um, yeah, I have a podcast called Sometimes in Shambles. It's a mental health podcast. And then, like you said, I was on the competition with you and did not dominate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, hey, you, you made a pretty good show and you were you were one to watch. So the betting pools say. I'd like to see those betting pools. The blood pools, he means. <laughs> <laughs> well, Melissa, when I asked you to be on this show, I, you had your topic pretty much top of mind, and that topic is Spyro, which near and dear to my heart, but we'll get into that. For those unfamiliar, <laughs> the Spyro series is a series of platformer video games originally created by Insomniac Games and published by Sony. The games feature the snarky purple dragon Spyro and his dragonfly companion, Sparks traveling to different worlds to save the day for whatever plot reasons. The first game, Spyro the Dragon, was released for the original PlayStation in September of 1998. Now, before we get into our discussion on the topic, we like to explore our own individual histories with it a little bit. And Melissa, since you brought the topic to us, why don't you tell us your history with this little purple dragon? <laughs> yeah, um, so I grew up playing Spyro... We had a PS1, and um, so it was released in 98, so I was like five or six. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't start playing it right when it came out, but um, I did play video games a lot growing up on the PlayStation, and I actually still have that PS1, and oh, it still works. So, Wow. Yeah. Um, so for... Like the main game that we played was Spyro and Crash Team Racing and then Crash Bandicoot when that came out later. Um, those were like the main games. And I think that's kind of, I don't know, maybe I was in my own world, but I think that's kind of everyone's like the main games they think of when they think of PlayStation, but I could be wrong. Um, so yeah, I remember, you know, the second and third one um, coming out and just being excited to play them. And always trying to finish the like get to 100% before my older sister did <laughs> and um 
And then as we got older, we still had the PS1. So every once in a while, we would go back and try to play it again. And I mean, it is a little janky, like the cord you have to wiggle to get the color right. Um, (laughs) But it still works. And so we played that for a while. And then I finally, last year, bought a PS4 and bought the remastered. And so I've been kind of, I played it a little bit when I first got it. And then just the last couple of months, I've been getting more into it. So I haven't finished all three levels yet in the remastered. Um, but yeah, that's I guess that's my short history with the game. Well, that's awesome. I I, I have some uh, some questions about the remaster because I didn't get to play that one, but I'll have to hold off for now. I'm very curious. Nick, before I talk about my love for Spyro, do you have any history with this guy? Do you ever play this, his games? Zero history. Um, I knew that Spyro existed. Uh, I want to, so I think I was a late, it's obviously been like a billion years since I was PS1 era age. Um, but um, I want to say I was a late bloomer to the PlayStation 1. I think I had a like the Dreamcast and the N64. And by the time I got around to the PS1, I think I was primarily playing like older Final Fantasy games, um, which is to say that uh spyro was just never on my radar at that point and i honestly it i think it took several years into this whole skylanders thing before i even realized that that was spyro related (laughs) um so for me this was this was a whole new experience to take in and it it was a trip yeah uh now for our audience's sake did you play the uh, for this did you play the the remaster or did you you dig up the original I dug up the original and uh, gave that one. I figured I felt like if I went for the the remaster, even though it was supposed to be very spiritually um, similar, it just I felt like it's it was still like obviously they're not going to put out the same exact game, uh, and I wanted to have that authentic original experience. For me, very similar to Melissa, I would say though I didn't. My siblings weren't uh, as interested in the PlayStation as I was. They were all pretty interested in the the NES when we had that, and then they kind of dropped off as they got a little bit older, uh, where I really stayed on video games. And I remember getting the original Spyro, I think, for Christmas. Uh, and when I, I also played the original for this to get just a, a taste of that again, and I had just all these memories were coming back of not like of specific things, but the Crystal Dragons and the the enemies and... All, just like all the the little things of it, uh, I really, chasing those blue guys to get those stupid eggs uh, was all deep down in my memory. And I, I know I played a couple of years into it, uh, but I didn't play it for too long. Like I never got into the later games and completely fell off. And I have not yet picked up the the reignited remastered trilogy, but I did for this go and watch uh, a decent chunk of a playthrough of someone playing it. And I'll admit that I, I'm pretty interested in picking it up now. So we'll have to see how that uh, plays out for me. I, I have a, this feeling, like I'm not going to, for this podcast, we have to, when we watch old TV shows, like I'm like, well, that's a huge time commitment. I'm never going to play that. But then when I'm playing video games for it, I'm like, I just want to play this game now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be true. a real problem. Well, there's a lot to break down in Spyro. But before we get to that, Let's get a little bit of a broader history of the topic in general. Nick, do you want to tell us about Spyro? Spyro, yeah. Um, so with 
the in the history of, of Spyro, with the release of their first game, first game, sorry, Disruptor, Insomniac Games got the go ahead from Universal Interactive Studios to make another game. Uh, the idea for a dragon-based game was suggested by Craig Stitt, one of the studio's artists. Uh, the original game was far darker in tone, which gives me so many ideas. Um, but an exec from Universal convinced them to make a game with more mass appeal to help compete with the Nintendo 64. The first game was a success, getting acclaim for its level design and controls and criticism for its simplicity and low difficulty. The game spawned many sequels with one Spyro game released a year between 1998 and 2008. The character later became the mascot for the Skylander series. In 2018, Activision published the Spyro Reignited trilogy, which features remakes of the first three games. So I'll just say... um, I did not realize there was like 10 plus Spyro games. I thought when they did the no, Reignite trilogy that there was just three. Yeah. This... No, I didn't even know that was a thing. And now I feel like I'm missing out. I'm not a real <laughs> fan. Well, I'm I'm curious if they're going to remake these as well. But yeah, there's, a, I mean, it's a whole series. Uh, and for a chunk of games, Elijah Wood voiced Spyro. <laughs> what? Yeah. I was, it was for some of the later ones. I, I didn't dig too far deep into like the continued history of it but that's yeah. that's crazy elijah was my favorite he was awesome in flipper back in the day so i was elijah wood really here. in flipper he was totally in am i thinking of the right dolphin yeah it was flipper <laughs> yeah, he was great. dolphin movies are there <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's enough dolphin movies to get confused which celebrity dolphin is? <laughs> yeah. how many celebrity dolphins is the good question uh, uh unrelated unrelated uh, but we're not talking about celebrity dolphins. We're talking about celebrity dragons, dragons. I guess. <laughs> um, I really want to talk about the inciting incident for this game. Because Thank you. <laughs> it was very amusing to me because, or, or for the first game, at least for later games, I know there's different things, but the, for the first game, uh, these dragons are being interviewed by someone and then they're asked about the villain and they're like, he's stupid and ugly, so no need to worry about him, which the villain somehow sees or hears and then t- turns all the dragons into stone. I I love this setup. It's so ridiculous. Wait, oh, yeah, I don't remember that yeah, at all. The, so I, I, like you, David, I so I did play it now, even though it wasn't that long ago when I started the original, um, when I watched the, the remaster or remake on YouTube, it... I, they, he the the bad guy was watching it on a television. I don't know if he was watching it on television in the original. I like, he was already not. blanked that from my mind. Okay. No, he was just standing around, and they'd be like, "He's <laughs> he's nasty." Nork is a simple creature. Simple. He has been contained in a remote world and is no threat to the Dragon Kingdom. No threat. Besides, he is ugly. Ugly. That does it. I love that that's kind it feels kind of like the developers admitting like we just wanted to create a fun dragon game. So here, you know, the the, the other dragons got turned to stone. Like that's it. Boom. That's it. Hmm. It's true. And I, then I feel, baby, oh. baby no, dragon ahead. just has to touch the stone and then they're freed. Yes. Yeah. 
I I feel like young Nick young Nick would have been totally fine with this setup. He was probably a little bit of a jerk too, so he would have been fine with making fun of someone. Um, but I, as adult Nick, who's a lot more hopefully emotionally intelligent, uh, I felt bad for the villain. Like he was just um, again can't really remember how this first one started, but in the remaster, he's just chilling on his couch. He's just hanging out in his evil castle or whatever, and then people are making fun of him publicly, and he's understandably upset. Um, so if anything, I feel like we were actually experiencing the point of view of the villains this whole time. Now, uh, do you think it's justifiable then if people insult you publicly, are you allowed to turn them into crystals? Not, I'm not, I'm not trying to condone what the bad guy did. I'm just saying, I understand that it was upsetting to hear. That's all. That's all. I'm not going to draw any lines here. All right. Fair, fair enough. Uh, I'm curious because you know, when I replayed the game today on the like the original PlayStation game, I was like, boy, these controls are leaving something to be desired. Uh, you can't use the, the joystick, like you can only use the directional pad. Um, I am curious if in the remake, if that if that has been corrected, because I feel like this game actually would have been a lot more enjoyable for me today if I could use the, the joystick. Melissa, yeah, can you, you can use. You can use the joystick. Um, I swear you can use the joystick in the original too, but um, maybe obviously just, not. Unless there's a, unless there's a setting um, that changes it, you, yeah, you could not. And it was it was interesting because yeah. when I was reading the history and it was saying that it was uh, getting a claim for its uh, controls, I was like, mm, mm, I don't know. Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, I know in the remaster you can because the, when you use the supercharge. Um, Sometimes it's easier to use the joystick than the arrows, but I'm an arrow person and prefer arrows. So. Oh, really? Why is yeah. that? I think it's just easier to control, which I know it doesn't <laughs> it sounds like the opposite, but um, the joystick is just too loosey for me. <laughs> I like that. No, I, I'd never, I haven't heard of anybody except for like in fighting games. Uh, I don't know a lot of people that still use the directional pad. Uh, but more power to you. Like if you're if you're playing games and having fun, you know, play them how it works for you. Yeah, I don't know why it is, but it's just easier. But also, I mean, place the PlayStation was like my first console, like first introduction to video games. I never played Nintendo or um, anything like that. Well, wait, do they have? They don't have joysticks on Nintendo, right? Yeah, they, I, oh well, the one that I the one that I played was like just the little gray one. Oh, the the NES or the SNES, probably the N sixty four that would have been around the same time as PS one uh, did have joysticks. Does have it? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I think I PlayStation was like my first joystick controller, and I guess I just chose not to use it i don't know <laughs> hey, what feels right for you feels right for you i agree i meant to mention this earlier i agree with what you said that thinking back on like the first playstation uh, spyro and crash bandicoot are in my head like that's what those consoles were and i i know there was like the twisted metal series and stuff too but i think maybe for people more close to our age like that wow. those were the games we were playing what was that nick I, I, you just like, it's like someone, there was a memory that was ripped from my brain and you just put it back in. Cause I completely forgot the twisted metal was a thing. Go on. Well, so I'm actually curious, Nick, you'd never played the original Spyro game, but what were you aware of Spyro? Did, 
Did you yeah. have a PlayStation? Were you playing I, Crash Bandicoot? Yeah, yeah. Like I said earlier, I so also didn't play Crash Bandicoot. Um, for some reason, the I I think I'm not going to say I was a loyalist. I don't really know why I didn't play them, but I definitely played a lot of like the Nintendo, you know, platformery character, which I guess is Mario. Um, but um, but yeah, have have really no relation to Spire other than knowing that he existed uh, and that people generally found him fun. And I think he had a CGI movie at some point. Um, but um, totally went into this um, fresh and it's it's unfortunate, right? Because it, it's it's some I don't want to say it's unfortunate, but as going into it as an adult, my sense of wonder, you know, is maybe a, a bit more subdued these days. Um, and obviously I couldn't, I, given that I, all the games I've experienced in the time that since this game came out, me having to like hit the L2 or R2 and like get the camera to slowly pan back around Spyro when it would turn, <laughs> turn around as I'm trying to jump from one platform to the other was frustrating. And it was, it, it, it wasn't encouraging me to go further, even though I was conscientious enough to understand that like, this is a product of its time. Yeah. I, I don't know if we want to get into the remastered right now, but um, I've noticed that playing it, playing the remaster, that the camera is so annoying. And then um, when you get into the second game, um, there's a character called Hunter and he like, I don't know, he's just randomly placed somewhere in the main world and you go up to him and he's like, oh, I can change the camera to automatically like move or whatever. I'm like, where were you in the first game? Like, what the heck? And then it, it gets a lot better after that. But I do remember playing it and I'm like, I don't remember the camera being so annoying, like where you have to manually like turn it all the time or um, you, you press triangle and it like automatically focuses to where you're looking. Um, I just felt like I was constantly doing that all the time and I don't remember doing that in the first game. Wait, when you press triangle, it causes the camera to go behind you? I don't know. No, well, yeah, it like um, you press. Wait, now I feel like I have to like pretend like I'm playing to make sure I'm. <laughs> She's got to get into the virtual space. Right. But, but yeah, I think it's you press triangle and it like automatically like focuses to where you're faced. Oh, holy crap! Now I'm trying to think if if that is the case in the original because I, I, I felt like I was pressing all the buttons, mostly head butting and blasting fire at people running away from me which is a whole other problematic scenario that we could get into um but i, I really that would have been a really useful feature uh, while i was running around and falling from things constantly yeah and um maybe it's actually you press triangle and it like uh i don't know what the term is it like zooms in and then you can use l1 and <clears throat> r1 or whatever to look around you without moving I'll put it back up and try it. Yeah. I just know that I use triangle a lot. <laughs> yeah, that might, that might be that might be an addition to the remaster and if so sounds like something that would make it certainly more palatable. It was I mean there were times where I was having fun in this game and then like yeah the camera would just I, you can't make sharp turns, enemies will come at you from weird angles. And I was just like finding myself kind of set upon by multiple sides. I was like, well, this is frustrating from all the little moments that I was having fun with or just times where it would be really like the terrain would be really wonky. Oh, the old 
PlayStation One games. But I will say, <laughs> uh, I know rewatching or watching some of the stuff for the remaster. One thing that is still a strength to this game, even playing the old one, is that I really do enjoy the level designs. I think they're they're nice and open without being kind of impossibly open like so many video games are now where it's like, I don't really know where to go because you can just kind of go anywhere. We're like, this game has a very, uh, very positive form of exploration where going down like every weird cavern or like, you know, trying a new area typically gets you something like you find a dragon or you mm-hmm. find some treasure. And I really like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did notice that um, there's like a very clear, clear path. And then if it does go off, there is like, Oh, it's like a dead end. And then you go back to the main path and very easy to know what you're supposed to do and where you're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. It's right. I appreciate that the levels were relatively small. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, because um, I so for me, this is gonna be my catch for now as an adult, um, <laughs> I, I found I, I found that I've, I personally have moved on from this sort of collectathon element of most games, like even in games now, like I'm really not about getting all the, the whatever they're called achievements and, and 100% mm-hmm. any of the games that I play. And for Spyro, um, uh, at least in the, the earlier levels that I was playing, it, it's basically go to this area, collect all of these nondescript col- uh, crystal or diamonds or whatever of different colors, uh, rescue some dragons who I, I just want to say that you're a child and you are rescuing <laughs> all these adults. And the second they appear, they're like, here's this helpful hint, but peace uh, and do not help them out. That is ridiculous. One of my favorite lines of dialogue was when you free the first dragon and the dragon's like, uh, now you have to free 10 dragons and then the balloonist will take you to the new area. And Spyro's like, what about the bad guy? He's like, this is how it has to be, Spyro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for releasing me, Spyro. Free 10 dragons in the artisan world. Then find the balloonist. He'll transport you to the next world. What about Nasty Newark? I'm going after him. Find dragons first. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> who made these rules also yeah marco the balloonist a guy whose business runs on self-worth or something i don't really know who's defining worth in this case but he says that he won't bring you until you prove your worth by rescuing those 10 dragons which just <laughs> seems absurd and he must be going out of business at this point well, well you know whose worst is um money bags in the second one um oh that i don't name, know if you guys just played the first something. one but that name sparked the- something yeah, the second one, there's this bear called Moneybags, and basically to do anything, you have to pay him gems, and it's like, I hate you so much. Um, oh. Like, if even, um, what was it? I was just playing this, like, not that long ago, and it's like a level. Like, even to go into a level, you have to pay him, or, like, to cross a bridge. It's, like, stuff you can't do without him. Oh. Um, and Or, like, learning how to swim, uh, climbing ladders, all of those things you have to pay him gems to do. But then it's really satisfying at the end of the game. Spoiler. Um, you get to just chase him around and headbutt him and you get all these diamonds back. So it's really <laughs> satisfying. <laughs> okay. I looked up I looked up money bags after you said that. And I remember this bear. I, yes, what you're saying is familiar, that he charges you everything all the time. Which in the first game, the treasure does feel a little bit ancillary. But I feel like 
then having someone charge you to like learn how to do everything in the game feels frustrating. I remember hating this pair. Yeah. So I I I have I didn't know who Moneybags was because I didn't play the second one. And while I was listening, I was trying to come up with a witty retort as I as I do, which is maybe problematic. And I realized that as I was I didn't start typing Moneybags, I just started typing in Jeff Bezos um, <laughs> as the name. <laughs> it was like it's that's just the connection I wanted to make. Um, so anyway, that's a little aside. Keep going. <laughs> I mean, where do we where do you go from Jeff Bezos? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, look at this bear. Yeah. At least he's got a monocle, it looks like. Yes. Yeah, he I, does. Oh, that I, makes him legit. I'll, I'll put this up on the, the Twitter like, uh, after this episode comes out, because people got to see, but his like body is really, it's it's like really pear-shaped. He's like... Mm-hmm. A, I might say bear-shaped. Hey, just uh, <laughs> he's just a lot of very bizarre angles that don't make a lot of sense to me. Probably the limitation of polygons on the PlayStation 1. <laughs> probably, probably. Yeah, and if you look at the before and afters, like the the remastered and the original, the I don't know, the graphics are so, so better. Yeah, and it it, some of the some of the characters, I was like, that's what they're supposed to look like. Who like was, I don't remember them looking a certain way. Who was like the biggest shock? Um, I can't remember. It was in the second one though. Um, there's like this, I think when I had this thought, uh, there's a flying level, which I want to get to the flying levels cause they, um, really get to me. Um, <laughs> but there's this flying level. And in the second one, uh, there's usually there's orbs that's instead of dragons, you're trying to get orbs. And, um, in every flying level, there's an orb challenge as well. And so you have to go find the person that has the orb or whatever and it was like this fish lady i don't know what to call her she's like i don't know a fish lady and i remember seeing her and i was like i don't remember her looking like this at all I am... so yeah i guess huh. fish lady <laughs> well good luck people googling fish lady spyro usually I, I did it wasn't super helpful though i think the first one shows like a clip from a video that maybe shows a fish-esque person um but i don't see what the original is well um she's the she's well, i was gonna say she's the worst but we weren't bad mouthing here i don't know why i'm just coming out <laughs> like well, let me just move on but first i'm gonna harsh. slam the fish lady she's fine. upsetting fish ladies everywhere i'm yeah i'm sure she's but perfectly lovely the flying levels did you guys play any of the flying levels in the first one i no, i played I, I, one I, I so I don't I, I didn't really get beyond the first world I guess I was really upset with Marco and I didn't want to egg him on but, but when I watched I did a few of the levels in the in the first world and then when I was watching the remaster the 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 the, with the streamer or whatever the first thing he does is those uh, in the opening area there's like that pond off the sides with the the stones the stepping stones and he like on on all of them and suddenly a door opens up and there's a whole mm-hmm. level behind it that I had no idea was there which apparently mm-hmm. was a flying level um oh god they're like it's spyro's flying constantly like uh, you don't have to control that and you have to do all of 
like get everything before time runs out so there's like rings that you have to fly through or arches or you have to like kill all the helicopters and get all the chests and i don't know it's just like a bunch of different things like usually five and you have to get all of them um and it's really infuriating because it's really hard i think those are the hardest levels and in the remaster it took me an hour one time to do it jeez an hour it Jeez. they're so hard i hate it yeah. um and i don't remember the first the original game in general being so hard i think the remaster is way harder or i've just like lost my video game touch or they were just really it was meant for kids that can play better i don't know no <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't think it's you're way alone. harder I don't the dexterity of tiny fingers I don't think you're alone on that. I I know I've read criticisms in the past of the flying levels. And when I I played one today, I was like, wow, this is um, frustrating and annoying. Like it's the worst part of the game because, you know, you have to collect stuff, but you only have like a certain amount of time. And when you break a box or down an enemy, it adds a little bit more time, but never like enough, just like a couple more seconds. And unless you hit everything kind of like at the exact perfect angle, at the exact perfect time, you're going to end up failing. Like I tried like three times mm-hmm. on this level and I was like, this is really frustrating. I- yeah. You have to do everything in like a certain order and you can't miss anything because you don't have time to go back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I just want to say that even though I realize the answer is game design, it's kind of dickish of Spyro that he only flies in certain scenarios and not when I really need to get up to that ledge. <laughs> yeah how dare he but or there's these arches that if you kill enough bad guys it um i don't know populates this little veil thing that you can walk through and then he has the flying powers for a certain amount of time or flame plot powers as well hmm. the second level is really when it gets good guys it's really- <laughs> Or the second uh, game. Yeah, it's really when it pops off. No, I remember the second game, the more we've kind of been talking about it, and I wish I had had time to to revisit that one as well. Uh, I do want to talk about the remaster like a little bit because watching that guy stream it and looking at it, it looks like, I mean, it looks really good. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just curious, like when you first got it and you turned it on since you had this like history with it, like what feelings came over you when you were, when you first started booting up that first game um i think it was just that everything looks different like in the first one i if i were to describe levels to you just from memory i would be like there's this purple goop everywhere (laughs) and if you fall into it you die and then in the remaster it's like water (laughs) or like i don't know and i i just remember thinking like oh it's not purple goop it's supposed to be water or like i don't know it um i don't know if that was they just redesigned it to be something else or um it was just really that bad the first time but it was just some some shock or like good shock like excitement like oh i can like play this game and have so much more um description around what i'm doing and like what i'm playing mm-hmm. i guess yeah the level the like it looks beautiful uh i was really impressed mm-hmm. with with what i saw and uh i i watched i watched it just after i'd been playing it for a little bit and what i thought was really great is you could tell there was a certain level of care 
that was done in this remaster because like all the dialogue is the same. Obviously, it's re-recorded. They've done new voices, which that's one thing. I thought I was making that up in my head because I didn't remember any PlayStation 1 games having voice acting. Uh, and then I was pl- mm. playing the first one and like everyone's talking and, you know, there's short little lines. But I, I for some reason, I thought like, oh, I, I was making that up. Nope, there's actual talking. But like the dragons in the remaster all have like they're all wearing clothes, which is not something I want to <laughs> get into. Yeah, they're way more anthropomorphic in the the remaster. Yeah, yeah, they have like each have personalities depending on the world you're in. Which is funny because when I was playing the original, it took me uh, like 13 dragons before I was like, wait, they all look the same. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty much in the old game. It's pretty much the exact same dragon, just recolored. uh, I did like they all had their own names, though. (laughs) For the Mm -hmm. limitations of the system, at least they all got different names. The there was one of them because like some of the names are like, you know, Thor and Conan and like, they're trying to like, they're trying to invoke these. Yeah. One of them was Gavin. I was like, Oh, this is, this is Gavin, the dragon. (laughs) I I guess there's only so many interesting names you can have. True. Now I want to, Oh, go ahead. I was curious. I'm imagining you wrote this in here, Melissa, the aliens can go die. The aliens are the blue things that you were talking about, where you have to oh, chase them to get the eggs. Yes, I forgot those were aliens. I didn't get that far in my in my replay. They suck. They're so annoying. <laughs> it's like, why did you have to steal my freaking egg? Like, just give it to me. No. Um, although the the remaster, I think that is one one part that became easier is catching the aliens. It. I remember chasing those things forever and then I would like yes. give up and go finish the level and then go back to the alien. But um, in the remaster, it seemed a lot easier to catch them. Like it usually took like the second time you chase them around, they slow down a little bit kind of. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the case or not, but I didn't even know yeah. you could. I, I saw one blue alien. I didn't realize it was an alien either. And like I did like a few circles around that level, level, but it was so cumbersome just trying to get back up to the area where the alien was. I was like, you you can have whatever it is you're holding. I didn't even know what yeah. they were holding. Dragon eggs. Yeah. And then they mock you. They're like, nah, yes. nah, 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 nah. <laughs> And good. it's really annoying. <laughs> They're real jerks. This is a game full of people that need better social skills. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Uh, now I'm curious, uh, what what did you guys think about Spyro as a character? Because it had been a while since I, I had played him, and he, to me he seemed very typical of this sort of era. Um, and I found out this was the same team that eventually put together like uh, uh, Ratchet and Clank, which is very quippy. You know, he has a bunch of bunch of little one liners. He's very like sure of himself. What did you guys think about this little dragon? Um, in the original, I don't actually remember him having that much of like a personality, I guess. Mm. Um, mind you, it's been a while since I played the original. Um, but the remaster, he definitely has a lot more of a personality, I think. And he, he just is like, I view him as like a teenager. I think in the second one, technically he is a teenager. Um, and yeah, he's just kind of like, oh, I can do anything, even though I'm so small. <laughs> like, it's kind of funny. Which is probably... Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Nick. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, that's probably like pretty relatable Like as a kid. That's probably why 
I, you know what? Now, to quote Nick, like now as an adult, I'm like, ah, <laughs> goofy little fun dragon running around. But like as a kid, I was probably like, yeah, you're a kid dragon, Spyro, and I'm a little kid who wishes he was a dragon. Like this is mm-hmm. a match made in heaven. I'm having a blast with you. Yeah. Didn't we all? Did we all wish we were? Nope, just me. Okay, that's teenagers <laughs> with attitude. I was just thinking that like Spyro would be a perfect Power Ranger uh, for Zordon. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I from what I was playing of the original, he seemed fairly nondescript. But in the remaster that I was watching, uh, he was like a prick from the second he showed up on screen. <laughs> mm. uh, and. Uh, um i mean i guess that's cool as, as david and i keep saying as an adult i'm like i'm like i can't relate to that anymore but i get maybe why he's he's fun to follow because well, he's a bit um abrasive did it not did it not like remind you of of ratchet and clank because i was getting like strong vibes from him oh yeah um yes though i feel like ratchet was nicer than Spyro. Uh I've only so with Ratchet and Click, I've only played the the remake that came out a few years ago on PS4, um, which I actually had a lot of fun with. I think that was probably the end of my whole collectathon days. Um, but um definitely there's there's a lot of DNA between these two experiences. Um, but I think Ratchet was more quippy and less of a jerk. Yeah, Spyro is a collectathon, huh? Like it it has a, a million things per level that you can hunt down and find if you really want to. I think that that might be why I like it so much. Like I am very much a, I need to play this game for a purpose, you know, like Mm -hmm. I need, I want to check everything off and I don't want to have to like go back to things in the second game. It kind of bothers me there. Like the first level you're in has ladders, but you don't know how to climb ladders yet. (laughs) So you have to like wait till you get to the, um, a whole nother world to learn how to climb ladders and then you have to go back to the first one and that kind of bothers me but yeah I like checking things off and getting 100% and doing all that jazz just so so I can I can appreciate that because I'm definitely as a as a player I I really just want to kind of steam way steamroll my way through and um, it, it makes me think of this, the idea of backtracking, I think gives me hives sometimes, not really, that's extreme, <laughs> but, um, there was, I'm just going to give this a little aside here uh, and David, you can cut it if it's too long. But, um, uh, years ago when I first got the PlayStation four, I didn't have any games for it because there was a game that I was anticipating, but, um, when I bought it, it wasn't out yet. So I picked up the first of the new Tomb Raider games. And while playing it, I'm getting like maybe two thirds of the way through. And then I fall off something, the character dies, and then the game totally glitches and I lose all my progress. So I look it up online and it tells me that, well, if you 100% every single area up to that point, blah, 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 you can overcome the glitch. So this is the only game in my life I've ever 100%, for whatever reason, I had nothing to do at the time, I guess, uh, (laughs) only to go back and read that advice that I saw about the glitch. And it turns out they were just recommending that I complete every zone 100% before carrying on. So I didn't have to backtrack (laughs) in the future. And Mm. I was very upset. Um, All that is to say is that... um, I, I really don't like it when they make you, when they give you like a thing and uh, they give you an obstacle that say you can't, what am I trying to say? Okay, cut all of this out. Um, but like when they give you 
uh, a thing that you can't do and then expect you to come back. And it's, I guess, one thing if it's all kind of in its own open space. Um, but when you're like jumping with, from different worlds to worlds to worlds, then you have to remember that so much further on to come back to. Maybe some people find that fun, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. And I, I get like the frustration of it because I also am a 100% let me get all the stuff while I'm here right now. And I'll then move on to the next area when I have all of that. Uh, I, I, was just thinking of a recent game I was playing. I, I was playing the Spider-Man game on PS4. And uh, once it got to this point where the game's like, and there's all these backpacks all over the city that you can go collect. I'm like, great. That is what this video game is to me now. And I will continue <laughs> the story once I get all of those backpacks. Uh, because I also have that thing in my brain that is very satisfied by collecting all of the things. Yeah. And, and I, uh, Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, no, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say on the on the backpack thing because now this is this episode's about Spider Man is com- contrasting it with Spyro, and again, I, I guess it's it's somewhat unfair to to compare certain things today to what Spyro was back well, then, well, right? Well, we can because these are both mm-hmm. Insomniac games, so that mm-hmm. is true. All right, let's rip them apart. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. So, but with Spider Man with the backpacks, it's true. Also, I just I actually I didn't hundred percent that game, but I did get all the backpacks. But what I liked with the backpacks, at the very least was that every backpack you got gave you a little bit of something to learn about. Uh, and at least in the first Spyro, you know, you collect these like dragon statues, you get these crystals. And there, I, I realize that Spyro is not known for its story potential per se. Um, but that's something where if I am expected to go around and get these fairly nondescript generic things in, in every area, like I, I wish there was some sort of story or something, some some lore that I can at least indulge in while I do it. Mm-hmm. I was going to say what what contradicts my me liking the collect the collection games um, is another game that I play is Sims, and this is another game that um, at the time of playing Spyro and PlayStation, uh, I played Sims as well, <clears throat> and like they've had four versions now and so it it gets better every time um but that's a game that has no point to it right like it's just you kind of can do whatever you want with Mm -hmm. it but i realize now as we're talking about this that i actually like create goals for myself within the game i'm like if i'm doing the gameplay rather than building um i'm like okay i want this person to um become a chef or whatever like i create goals for myself and then there's little things within the game as well but um yeah so i guess that i really am just a list person or like a i need to check these things off um and then i'll i sorry go ahead oh no, no i was i was just saying i think that's fair yeah I, I i totally i get that because in a game like sims i think if you don't give yourself goals like that or like have like i want to have this character do this like you're just a weirdo watching people in the house. <laughs> I finally have the family I've always wanted. <laughs> oh, um, and then on top of the like 100% finishing a game, there are skill points in Spyro. And I have never, not once, not in the original or remaster, been able to accomplish or gone through and gotten all the skill points. And I think it's because it doesn't add to the final percentage of the game. Oh. Like, 
So the game when you finish is um, there's a bonus level. So it's 120 percent is like the most you can get. Yes. And as far as I know, if you go back and do a skill point here, a skill point there, it doesn't add to the, per- the overall per- percentage. And so I'm never like motivated to actually do those because it doesn't affect my final grade, I guess. <laughs> Um, you, need, you need like that visual representation, like something saying that like this accomplishment meant something, even if it's just a percentage amount on a achievement screen. Yeah. And like there are little like in the guidebook or whatever it's called there, like it checks them off, you know, but mm-hmm. um, other than that, it's there's no benefit. I think it gives it might give you an extra life, too. But um, yeah, I think in the remaster, I am trying to do more of the skill points or like trying to do all of them. Um, but there is one that I noted that in the second one, there's, uh, after each world or whatever you call them, there's a boss. And, um, one of the skill points is to get a perfect when you defeat him. And I was like, okay, I don't, I just can't die, whatever. So I'm going through and Sparks gets killed (laughs) and but i don't get killed and then it didn't give me the skill point and i'm like what the heck so i guess perfect means that you can't get hurt at all but you Mm. can't go back to it like once you defeat the boss it's it's done like you can't read re-fight him you know so that kind of pissed me off that like there's no way i'm ever going to get that skill point unless i start the game all over again yeah no that's not i disagree with that design decision (laughs) if it's if you can get something, an extra incentive for the game, like they should have it where you can retry it. That's I'm see. Now I'm mad. I don't know why. (laughs) I'm indignant. Also, is there a new game plus? Cause at least you can do it on the same file. Maybe. Mm, I don't know. Hmm. Well, that's what, but Nick, they're going to ask her to go through the beginning parts of the game to get to that point again, that you're missing the whole point of the conversation. <laughs> no, I mean, as someone that would absolutely give up on the game way before that, I, I would not, <laughs> I would not encourage it. Um, but at least that gives people a way to get back there without having to just start over. No, that's, yeah. Unless, that's unless someone out there knows a different way to go back in <laughs> redo it and get that skill point um yeah i don't think there's another way unless you redo everything well Mm. if if anybody out there listening knows make sure to let us know or let melissa know so she can get that skill point another thing i wanted to say uh talking about sparks a little bit i love sparks sparks is probably my favorite character of anything um i think it's a she i'm gonna call her a she um I thought it was really cool on the PS4, and I think it was just because I haven't had a game console since PS1. Um, but on the PS4, it has the little color-changing bar on the controller, and mm-hmm. uh, Sparks has three different colors to her because there's like she gets hurt three thrice <laughs> until she dies um, before she dies, and the controller changes color with Sparks, and I think it's kind of cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and then. Also, if you um, if you just like leave the game and don't pause it, she turns around and waves to the camera, and I think it's so cute. I just love her. Yeah. Do, does Does Sparks have like a like a personality? Does, does she speak or, or say anything? Because at least in the original, as far as I had gotten, I don't really, I didn't really understand why Sparks was there and what their purpose was. 
like they say that they'll help yeah. you, but then there was never a situation I guess that I got in where I needed their help. Um, yeah. So she has a few purposes and she does talk. She talks like, meow, 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 like that with no <laughs> voice, like no actual English words. Uh, <laughs> I don't know when she starts talking though. I don't know if it's the first one or not, but um, there are some levels that are just sparks. It's in the third game, I think. And it's, yes. they're like sparks levels where instead of being Spyro, you're actually sparks. Um, those ones are kind of hard, but she, one, she collects the gems for you, which I think is really nice. Instead of having to actually physically go over the gem, she collects them when you run past them. And then if you press down on the uh, one of the joysticks, she will actually direct you to where there's gems. So if if you have like 45 out of 50 gems or whatever, and you have no idea where the last one is, then she can like she points her body to where it is. And and of course, if you get hurt, you don't die immediately. She takes the hit for you. Thanks, Sparks. I, I do really like Sparks as the health indicator. I think that's a really neat uh, design choice. It's very clear, but it also doesn't take up like any part of the UI or it's not like super, you know, you, you don't have to like look at your health mm-hmm. bar up in the screen. It is this this cool little thing that's following you around. This, uh, this little dragonfly that's going to go get your gems for you and help you out is also, uh, it's just, it's a, I, I really like when games have that, that cleverness in their design mm-hmm. uh, of, of instead of, you know, sp- having a health, bar. I don't know why I'm going around in circles. Anyway, I like sparks. Sparks is cool. Yay. Does anyone else? <laughs> no, have- I, oh. I agree with what you're saying. It's uh it's a very clever, clever way to do it. Immersive uh, game design. Yeah. yeah. Sure. That sounds, that sounds smart. <laughs> Let's go with it. Does anybody have any other topics they want to bring up before we wipe wind down our discussion? Um, oh, there was one thing I wanted to say, and I don't care if you keep this or cut it. Um, but going back to like the remaster being so much more difficult, I actually have to watch YouTube videos, like playthroughs, a lot to know like how to finish a level. Interesting. And yeah, it's it's just one of those things where I went back and or. I just don't recall. I mean, there wasn't even YouTube when I was first playing this. So it was like, how the hell did I play this game the first time? Like, I can't figure things out. Um, Like, there's one level that's that's really crazy and intense. It's like a treetop level. And um, there's all these supercharges to get to, like, one of the trees. And it's... I I want to meet someone that figured it out themselves because I don't think <laughs> it's just like I don't know it was it's so much harder and thank you YouTubers. <laughs> well, there yeah, let me tell you the internet has changed gaming entirely because now I don't yeah. just have to be mad and try to figure out how to do something. I can watch someone else do it and then be mad that I can't do it like them. Yeah, <laughs> it ends up being the be mad that you needed help. Yeah. I just, I hate when I watch someone do something. I'm like, oh, okay, that's all I have to do. That's, and then I go try to do it and I get like killed. And I'm like, they make it, but they did it. They made it look so easy. Yeah. And in the playthroughs, they, 
they do a whole level without dying or anything and they do it so fast and so like easy and i'm like how did you do that and, like, and probably uh, while doing it on a ddr mat <laughs> those jerks those talented video game playing jerks <laughs> well I think we've barely really scratched the surface on Spyro, but this has been a fun discussion. Now comes the time where we have to answer the question, does this stay in the Hall of Memory or is it worth visiting today? Obviously, this one's going to be a little bit different because there's the remaster involved, but I think that adds a fun little twist to the question. So, Melissa, as the only one of us to have actually played the remastered, but somebody with a history with the original series... Do you think it's worth it for people who have a love for the Spyro games back then to pick this up? Will they will people have fun with it? Yeah, I think 100% yes. I think it's um, actually more incentive if you did play it before to play it now. I think if you had no history with the game before and just picked up Spyro on PS4, um, it's like a probably a really easy game. And I don't know, just... I don't know how fun it would be for me. It's kind of like the nostalgia of it and being like, oh yeah, I remember this level or um, this used to be my favorite level. Like, like can't wait to play this one. So yeah, I think it's, it's worth playing it. Cool. Nick, since this was your first foray into all of the, uh, the Spyro-ness of the world, did you enjoy the look into it or were you like, boy, the late 90s video games. That was something. My hall of memory has already been vacated. Uh, I don't remember what we're talking about. Uh, no. Um, so I, it's interesting because on one hand, you know, Spyro, there was enough there in the concept and the, in the original executions and all that, that, that there was clearly a, a desire for the remaster that came out, which again, haven't played and what I've seen looks gorgeous. Um, so it, I would say that yes, Spyro, the original game, does have some compelling DNA that's worth considering whether you want to revisit or not is is a different story. Because at least given all the gaming and experiences that I've had since that period, like it's hard for me to go back to this fairly janky um, control scheme. Uh, and I just I appreciate some of the things I was experiencing, but also um, struggled with the frustration of just using something that was just dated in this sense. Yeah, mm -hmm. I get that. I definitely had a, a struggle with some of that late 90s level design and, and video game controls. Uh, so as far as the original game goes, you know, I, I have a love for it, but I would have a really hard time recommending like, go bust out your old PlayStation. Like you're, you're going to play it for half an hour and then be like okay well i'm gonna go play a game that actually controls well uh which is why mm -hmm. i'm excited and interested in the reignited trilogy especially after playing this and looking into it a bit more and hearing melissa's thoughts like i think that they have they seem to not have just like all right we'll clean up the game a little bit and throw a new price tag on it like it looks beautiful it it's like when you uh, when when I first played the remaster for uh, Shadow of the Colossus, I thought this is how the game always looked, not realizing that they had actually remade the game kind of from the ground up because that's what your memory does. So if you want to play the way Spyro looked in your memory, go play the Reignited Trilogy. It looks like a lot of fun. I'm excited to check it out. And listener, if you think we're absolutely crazy 
Spyro should never be talked about again, even today. Let us know. Go to hitmeonemoretime.com, find all the places to contact us. Or if, like me, you're now sparked into going back to play the games, we want to hear about it. So please do let us know. We've gotten some great feedback from people who have really been enjoying going down memory lane. So continue to share all of that with us. As we are on our way out, though, we want to make sure that you, listener, know where you can find our guests, our wonderful hosts. Melissa, where can people find you if they want to do so? Um, so currently I deleted my social medias um, off of my phone. So if you're trying to contact me, I might not respond for a while. But um, Instagram is sometimes in shambles. And then Twitter is shambles pod um, or sometimes in shambles mm-hmm. And your show is like on a little bit of a hiatus right now. Is that right? Yeah, um, I haven't been doing a ton recently, um, but hopefully I'll get back to it soon. I have a couple episodes scheduled, so. Great, yeah. Yeah. I I want to make sure if people went and sought it out, they didn't think like, oh, I looked up the wrong thing. It hasn't been updated for a little bit. I just want to let people know. Yeah. Keep your eyes there. It's been a few months, but yeah. Hey, it's the ebb and flow. People should go subscribe Mm -hmm. so when there's new content and go listen to to the back catalog as well. Nick, where can people find you? What do you got going on right now? Um, can't say I have a lot going on, but you can find me at, at Nick uh, ShareMooksness on Twitter. I'm really good at replying to comments uh, that come up, that come up on our uh, podcast Twitter feed. I'm not really good at posting my own stuff, but if you want to have a conversation, go right ahead. Yes, people, check them out. And make sure you check out Melissa. And if you want to check out me, under the username Davluz, that's D-A-V-L-U-Z. So Twitter and Instagram, you can find me there. See the other shows that I'm working on. That's going to do it for us here today. I want to throw one more big thank you out to Melissa for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Nick, thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you, listening audience. And remember, you can't move forward if you're always looking back. We'll see you next time. Bye. Hey!